You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. Ukraine says its defense ministry was hacked. U.S. investigations of apparent Russian influence operations during elections continue. Venezuela talks up cyber threats as contributing to its financial crisis. Dr. Webb reports a new Loki Trojan variant in the wild. BugSec and Cynet disclose Facebook Messenger flaws, now patched. Colonel's Club breached and hacktivists go after Russian consular data. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, December 14, 2016. Ukraine's defense ministry stated yesterday that its website was downed by disruptive cyber attacks that seemed designed to prevent the ministry from providing updates on the Russian hybrid war being waged in eastern Ukraine. The obvious suspect in the case would be Russian intelligence services. Investigation of election hacking proceeds in the U.S., with concentration on influence operations widely believed to have been conducted by Russia. Illinois Republicans say the FBI warned them in June that four seldom-used accounts may have been compromised as far back as 2015, roughly the period when Cozy Bear established persistence in DNC networks. Some emails, none particularly discreditable, eventually turned up in DC leaks, generally thought to be a Russian sock puppet. The CIA has famously concluded that Russian services did in fact seek to influence the election, and some private security companies, notably CrowdStrike, share that view with even higher confidence than the CIA. The details remain murky, especially the connections between the Russian services and WikiLeaks. Director of National Intelligence Clapper has told Congress that evidence of coordination between the Russian government and WikiLeaks is still inconclusive. There does, however, appear to be a strong circumstantial case for WikiLeaks having served as a conduit of information from Russia to the public. WikiLeaks has denied that Russian intelligence provided it with the DNS emails it releases. Venezuela, in the throes of its continuing economic and financial crisis, pulled in a prominent bank president for questioning over the weekend in connection with allegations that he was complicit in December 2nd cyber incidents involving online banking systems. Venezuelan officials also suggest that their withdrawal of their highest denomination currency, the 100 Bolivar note, is connected with unspecified concerns about cybersecurity as opposed to the widely believed prospect of hyperinflation. The executive in question was Victor Vargas, president of the Banco de Occidental Descuento. Dr. Webb, original discoverer of the Loki Trojan, warns that a new version can infect native Android OS libraries. Dr. Webb also reports that some Trojan downloaders are appearing preloaded in the firmware of discount Android phones. BugSec and Cynet say they've discovered a vulnerability in Facebook Messenger. They're calling it Original. 
that could give attackers access to chats and photos. Facebook has fixed the flaw, but it could also affect websites using origin registration checks. As the holidays approach, many of us are expecting to either give or receive gift cards. It's an increasingly popular gift, giving the recipient the ability to buy something they really want and providing the giver with the comfort of knowing they spent slightly more time on choosing a gift than simply stuffing an envelope full of cash. But gift cards come with their own security issues, as we learned from Amri Illuz from Perimeter X. You need to be very careful. Last holiday season, gift card fraud was one of the most lucrative attacks, and we've seen a significant increase. We expect it to be, again, one of the top attacks this holiday season. So the way that attackers abuse gift cards is by simply guessing the numbers. Uh, A gift card is simply a, a list of numbers, and if a website provides a way to check the balance and the attacker has access to enough bots, he can simply try hundreds of millions of combinations and he will be very successful at some point in finding um, gift cards with balance. So if you look at the gift card, while it seems like a, a long list of numbers, there is a structure in it. There's usually a prefix uh, per website. There's, there's usually check digits at the end. So the actual uh, number is much shorter. It's still very hard to find one uh, if you just go and type them manually. But imagine you had 10,000 bots that can now go and type as fast as they want a gift card into the page that checks balance. They'll run for weeks until they find um, gift cards with balance. And even if their success rate is very, very low, because they have so many bots and these bots can try as fast and as wide as they want, they just harvest. You can look at this as mining or as they call it harvesting gift cards. So from my point of view, if I receive a gift card, as far as I know, I, I've never run across a gift card that allows you know, for something like two-factor authentication. Is it a matter that I should really be uh, vigilant and, and use that gift card as quickly as possible to minimize the probability of someone harvesting it? I think that the, the most important part is knowing what's your balance on the gift card. If you're like me and you get 10 or more gift cards uh, during the holiday period, you don't write down the balance. So if someone harvests your gift card numbers, you just go in and you know this is supposed to be a $100 gift card, but it has no value on it. You're just going to throw it away. Just have a list. Someone gave you a, a, a gift card, put it in a spreadsheet somewhere. When you got it, what's the balance? If you complain, most websites would give you back the money, but you need to know how to complain. I I wouldn't say go and use it as fast as possible. Uh, We we still want to have the the opportunity to buy what we want when we want it. I don't want to let the attackers dictate our lives. Mm. Uh, Just needs to be a little bit more organized and and get the, the money back when someone harvests your gift card. That's Omri Illuz from Perimeter X. Netgear has pushed out firmware updates for vulnerable router models. Microsoft patches Skype, IE, Edge, and Windows. And Adobe has issued another patch for a flash zero-day. KFC, the chain formerly known as Kentucky Fried Chicken, warned that its loyalty program has been breached. About 1.2 million British members of the Colonel's Club have been advised to reset their passwords after 30 customers' personal information appeared to have been compromised. It's a fairly quick disclosure. 
Michael Patterson, CEO of Plixer, told the CyberWire, quote, The fact that KFC came forward about the breach is honorable. Clearly they have systems in place that allowed them to research which accounts were targeted. KFC needs to keep in mind that the targeted 30 accounts could have been a diversion method to distract from the real attack, end quote. He also noted that the company, Yum Brands, was commendably cautious in not holding credit card information in its loyalty program databases. And finally, Russian officialdom hasn't escaped the unwelcome visitation of the hacktivist community. Someone from the New World Hacktivists, going by the Brassica-themed handle Kapustiki, has stolen some 30,000 passport records from the Russian consulate in the Netherlands' website. Mr. Kapustiki says his motive is to raise awareness about the dangers of a data breach and that he'll only leak a few of them at a time until people get the message. Somehow, one doubts the FSB will take him at his word. Mr. Kapustiki in November counted coup against Indian diplomatic missions in Italy, Libya, Malawi, Mali, South Africa, and Switzerland. No plausible motive beyond the implausible public education motive is evident. Perhaps it's all just for the lulls. Our linguistic staff, by the way, tells us that kapusta means cabbage, and they assure us their grandmothers saw to it that they ate plenty of it. If you're in the Netherlands, may we suggest the snert instead? Or in the UK, some KFC. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. Joining me once again is Dale Drew. He's the chief security officer at Level 3 Communications. Dale, when we see news come by about hacking coming from nation states, um, I, I think uh, sometimes the definition of what that is is a little bit fuzzy for some people. And I know, you know, from your point of view at Level 3, you all have a, a unique perspective on nation state hackers. Uh, what's your perspective? What can you share with us about them? Well, you know, we, we recently published a blog on the anatomy of a, of a nation-state hacker, uh, and, and it's really because of some of the observations we were seeing in a lot of these nation-states that were just contrary to our common belief about how, uh, you know, the, the, the ideal of, a, of how a nation-state um, you know, operator would work. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's sort of twofold. I mean, on the one hand, you know, we really saw it as, as it looked like and it operates like a fairly mundane job. I mean, we, we're, we're able to, to detect when a nation state uh, employee uh, clocks in for the day. 
uh, we're able to see when they go to lunch, you know, and they go to lunch for an hour or so, right? And then we see them when they come back and then when they go home. It's a very sort of regimented sort of process. In fact, this idea was, you know, we, we saw in some nation states, we saw a fairly complex ecosystem of different connected organizations that were responsible for different pieces. One piece responsible for identifying the companies that were engaged in certain intellectual property, searching for patents, searching for news stories, um, you know, uh, internet forum posts and things like that, and building this sort of uh, database of, of, of assets of, of potential uh, targets. We saw other organizations that were responsible for social research. Uh, what employees worked on what projects, what keywords do they use, what technology do they have? And then there's organizations responsible for uh, downloading, purchasing, and getting access to source code of a pretty wide variety of product portfolio so that if they found out that a particular target was using that, they would have potentially access to undiscovered security exposures in the form of zero days or half days uh, to be able to uh, uh, weaponize that and then gain access to that target company for extended periods of time. Um, we also saw a vast majority of it was really dependent upon getting access to the employee. I mean, most of these attacks we saw were based on uh, phishing attacks, uh, targeting very specific employees. Um, and then the last one that I'd say is that one of the big observations we saw was um, a lot of nation-state employees more and more are renting out their services to organize crime. Not only so those nation-state uh, actors can get a little extra cash on the side because they are being paid like government employees, but also because the nation-states want to be able to obfuscate the complexity of those attacks with, with another uh, actor, another source. And so you know, when we see an attack, it, the fingerprint is, is pretty easy to determine. We, you know, we're like, oh, that's, that's Fred from nation-state X. We, we know that, that fingerprint. We know that style. But it's not a nation-state in this case. It really looks like an organized crime attack. And so... Being able to attribute attacks is becoming much more difficult these days because those resources are sharing not only to other nation states, but to organized crime. All right. Interesting stuff. Dale Drew, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Listeners, we're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. 
visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Cyberwire. 